Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the authors, books, and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined again by Dr. Benjamin Smith, and we're going to continue our discussion today regarding C.S. Lewis's classic work, The Great Divorce. Uh, And it's just such a a masterful piece uh, that dives into all sorts of different topics, and so we're going to pick up where we left off. But before we do, let's look at, uh, let's review quickly what we kind of went through last time to set the stage for uh, uh, today, what we're going to talk about, particularly the people uh, that the narrator encounters uh, mm-hmm. when he's wandering around in heaven. So, Dr. Smith, why don't you get us started with kind of a, what did we cover last time? What were some of the the, the major, or what was the major theme uh, with mm-hmm. uh, C.S. Lewis's work here and uh, um, maybe some aspects to kind of set the stage? Okay, yeah, so we're thinking about um, the major themes of The Great Divorce. The title is what you should always go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of helps you key in on it. Um, and so... The title is uh, The Great Divorce. It's the great divorce between heaven and hell. So uh, what, what uh, Lewis is trying to point to here is that really we're, we're faced in our lives, in our sort of human condition, with two ways, right? Mm-hmm. That is either the way of heaven or the way of hell. Right. And these two ways are separate ways. They, are, they, they do not overlap at all. Um, they are completely uh, opposed to one another, mm-hmm. and there can't there can't be any compromise between them. There can't be any reconciliation. There's no higher synthesis. There's no <laughs> there's no dialogue. Yeah. There's no um, uh, you know. It's just it, they are completely divorced. They are on separate chasms, right? Yeah. Or they're they're on separate sides of a uh, unbreachable chasm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, so much so that you can't even keep a little bit of hell, right, and have the way of heaven. So that's what we're, I think one of the key points, right, is so often in our lives, what we want to do is we want to follow the way of heaven, but we want to keep a little bit of hell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Lewis is not. At the end of the day, that's not going to work, right? Yeah. Either you're going to have all, all heaven or all hell, one right. of the two, right? Um, and so... Um, uh, he wants to illustrate that with this imaginary exercise, right, of a field trip <laughs> by the the damned before the final judgment to the edge of heaven. Now, as we said last time, uh, Lewis very clearly says this is a fantasy. It's an imaginary, it's an exercise in imagination meant to illustrate some points. It's not meant to lay out sort of dogmatic points of eschatology. Sure. Um, but what we find is important aspects, um, important properties of the way of heaven versus the way of hell, mm-hmm. right? The way of uh, hell diminishes us. So this is the way of sin. Often sin looks glamorous, but what Lewis shows in various character studies is that um, really what sin does is makes us less. Mm-hmm. It diminishes our being. It isolates us from others. It corrupts us. It subverts our strength. Um, whereas on the other hand, even though the way of heaven is often temporarily painful mm-hmm. and maybe even dramatically painful, uh, at the end of the day, it makes us greater. It enriches us. It heals us, right? It ennobles us, uh, really let, raises us to a kind of a, a higher level. And so what Lewis does then is he, is he, is he takes these people, um, the damned, right? Um, on this field trip, he goes with them, sort of, right? And then watches as they have conversations with various of the saints. The saints will come down to the edge of heaven and meet the damned who are on this field trip and have conversations with them, trying to persuade them to enter into, you know, the fullness of heaven, yeah. um, and uh, which they do have the opportunity uh, to do. And so what Lewis does is kind of follow these conversations and... Um, and uses them as, as ways to illustrate the differences between the way of heaven and the way of hell. So that's really what we're going to get into today. We looked at one example, one illustration from last time, oh, the yeah. apostate, right? <laughs> uh, which is, I think, a favorite of yours. Isn't that right, Jason? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's so clear. And, and you know, it, it really illustrates the, um, the, that the real opposition to to love is not necessarily, you know, hatred, but it's mm-hmm. just this complete selfishness, this complete mm-hmm. self-absorption right, uh, to right. the ne- to the neglect of those things that are that are 
the highest. And for the right, case of the right. apostate, you know, he neglected right. the truth uh, mm-hmm. for the sake of uh, uh, personal accolades, uh, right. uh, academic notice, the, mm-hmm. the the sales of books, you know, and, and he goes <laughs> right, through right. it goes I through all line, of these things. Uh, you quoted from Kreef last time was. Uh, uh, that often academics sell their soul for thirty pieces of scholar thirty pieces of scholarship. <laughs> thirty pieces of scholarship. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And and it's and it's one of those things where whether you're an academic or yeah. uh, you know something else, it's this sure. this this kind of vanity that that can get into the way yeah. of whatever work um, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 we're doing, um, sure. and you see this in, in across the board. It's not. Um, it's not unique to uh, uh, bishops or or, any, or clerics or anything <laughs> the, like that. The theologians, yeah, or yeah, theologians, yeah, or, yeah. or or dare I say, philosophers. But um, uh, but Remember it's it's, it's <laughs> we, we love wisdom. What are you talking about? Yeah, my wisdom, right? Uh, so, but but it but it it goes back to um, that that in you know one of the points throughout the book is that. Um, in heaven, everything will be purified. There will be, there, there, there's no room for, for mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's no room for, uh, selfishness, even like the, 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 the little, you know, tinge of pride or, or Mm -hmm. selfishness in that way that it, that it all must be, um, destroyed. It must be given to God. And we see this throughout many of the encounters, the conversations, this, Mm -hmm. this theme comes up over and over again, with regards to, um, uh, selfishness and, you know, the way of life and the way of death, you know, and even the mm-hmm. way that he describes hell, I think is, is, should, should give us maybe a, a point of, you know, meditation of, you know, well, what is, what is, what does sin do to us? What is sin, mm-hmm. uh, compared to say virtue or something like that? And just right, the way that right. he describes the town gray. It's the gray town, you know, and that's exactly what, what that, you know, yeah, if you're looking yeah. for an image, you know, the, the, the saints are bright and vibrant and, uh, right, and exciting right. and mm-hmm. full of life. And, right. uh, the sinful are those that are just gray. That's uh, right. there's gray. Yeah. Described as smudges. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, or, or, or the other thing, you know, like, the, you know, is there, you know, is like the apostate ghost is just so deluded, right? Um, he, he's. <laughs> doesn't even know he's in hell, right? Uh, <laughs> he keeps and, questioning and, and the guy. Yeah. That's right, right, yeah. But, I mean, the key point, right, is that he takes this, is, is this lack of focus, right? Yeah. And Lewis comes back to this a couple of times, is the intellect, he says, was made for knowing the truth yeah. so that eventually we might come to know he who is truth itself. And, you know, he became distracted from that, right? And instead used his intellect for other things, um, and, and, and really kind of turning it back on himself, right? That is that it's about my reputation, my skill, my grandeur, all that sort of thing. And we're going to see that kind of pattern repeated in the other character studies that we're going to encounter, right. um, uh, uh, going forward in the text. So after the, uh, apostate, uh, shortly after the apostate, um, the, in account with the apostate ghost, um, our narrator runs into George McDonald. Now, uh, I don't want to go into a lot about George McDonald. George McDonald is kind of one of the, even before Lewis and um, Tolkien was a, kind of an early innovator in the genre of fantasy literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it had a lot of influence on other people, including um, Lewis Carroll, um, oh, okay. uh, which I think is interesting. Um, he's kind of at the tail end of the kind of uh, English, Scottish romantic writers uh, that sort of thing. He's a Scottish author. He, you know, worked during the 19th century. Um, his uh, most famous uh, work was uh, one called Fantastes, uh, which is um, it's fantastical. But you know, you have this kind of magical journey kind of uh, motif. He had a lot of influence on C.S. Lewis in the sense that he opened Lewis at a young age to the idea of something beyond the uh, merely empirical, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So especially for men of uh, Lewis's time and age, it, it was a real option to just sort of say, we're, we're going to have logic and science and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and George MacDonald had this influence on saying, no, I, eh, there's something else, right? There's a yeah. little something else. And it wasn't Christianity, right, in some full-orbed sense. But it was the idea that, yeah, there is something beyond, um, beyond science, 
uh, beyond just uh, sort of uh, logical equations and things of that nature. Um, so in this text, right, George MacDonald kind of plays the role of Virgil, right? Uh, kind of like Virgil did to Dante in the Divine Comedy, right? So uh, George MacDonald is kind of a, a wise guide yeah. that our narrator runs into. In other words, that's the saint that God has sent to, to talk um, to our narrator. And this mirrors uh, Lewis's own life uh, in some ways. And so uh, our narrator runs into George MacDonald. And what MacDonald does uh, is MacDonald... He tries to define for um, the narrator the key difference mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. the way of heaven and the way of hell, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's towards the center of the book. You know, you've been involved in it for a little while, and, and it's not quite in the center, but almost, and you're going to get sort of the, the key definition, right? The key thing that distinguishes the way of heaven and the way of hell. And um, uh, he says very clearly, right? that the way of hell is defined by selfishness and pride or self-centeredness, right? Mm -hmm. um, that it's really about the love of self, right? Um, uh, and, and not just a kind of healthy self-love in which you like want good things for yourself. Yeah, right? self-preservation. love yeah. of self, right? That is what the object that you love is your very self, yeah. right? Um, and, and, and you make everything else subject to the self, right? Mm -hmm. Including God, heaven, beauty, truth, your other human relationships, all of that becomes subject to the self. I think St. Uh, Thomas, not surprisingly, I think, does a good job of talking about pride. One of the things he says about pride, and this he picks up, he's picking up on this theme from Augustine, is the idea that uh, pride means making yourself the ultimate end of everything, mm -hmm. right? Which, of course, there's only one ultimate end of everything, and that's God, right? right. So it really means making yourself, right, making everything ordered to you, right, like everything else is a means to yourself, right, the, to the enjoyment of yourself um, and to the betterment of yourself. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think we see the we see examples of this um, today when with uh, our society where we hold up uh, things like autonomy above mm -hmm. um, what mm -hmm. is actually good for the person. That, that mm -hmm. you know, even if a person wants to choose to kill themselves, you know, yeah. uh, um, that's that's OK. And that should re not just be respected, but should be kind of referred to and accepted as a good for that person right. simply because they choose it. It's, you know, again, making making yourself into to little gods. You know, it is. That, yeah. You're protected by law. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah to yeah. protect it's, your little godly state. by law. <laughs> <laughs> right. So a good example of this, uh, he, he quotes uh, Milton and yeah. his, uh, Milton's famous epic poem, uh, uh, Paradise Lost, where, um, you know, Lucifer is cast out and uh, he lands in hell. And it's sort of this ultimate act of defiance, right? I mean, this, this is just such a great expression, right, of the diabolical attitude, I think, is uh, that Satan says, you know, it's better to reign in hell, right, than serve in heaven. Yeah. Right? They get yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, better to reign in hell. I'd rather be in control of myself and control of things around me, or at least have the appearance of it, um, and be in hell and excluded from eternal joy, Right, than be a servant and a child, right, in eternal joy with, with God. Uh, I mean, you know, you think about what an attitude, right? Like me being in control is more important, right, than um, anything else. I remember one time having a kind of a what I would have said, you know, back from my 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 uh, Protestant upbringing, I would have called a gospel conversation with somebody, or I come to Jesus kind of talk, <laughs> and. Uh, um, uh, we were talking and, you know, I, I was trying to, I was pressing on this person, like, you know, you need to, you need to be getting to church, you know, like where are you, where do you, where does your soul stand with God? And, you know, the person responded to me several times, well, I'll get to that when, when I have time, <laughs> right? It's just not my time right now, yeah. you know, for God and religion. I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I respect it. I like it, but, but. It's just not my time. I'll get to it when I'm ready for it. Like, yeah. Right. Just yeah. I mean, what an attitude, right? What a um, wretched, 
lack of appreciation for the grandeur of God and the seriousness, right, of uh, life. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but really, there I'm in charge. It's my time. At some point, I'll divvy a little bit out towards God. It would say, honey, no, no, none of it's yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I, the, I, the breath in your lungs belongs to God. <laughs> Everything, yeah. And, and and that even comes up that kind of theme that you know, uh, all is God's. Like none of this is yours. Let it go. Let it. You know, it's this relinquishing of that of that control, that power in that way. And I think even when you look at um, the 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 suffering of anxiety that that people feel today. Uh, I remember reading something. I think it was, I forget if it was um, Fulton Sheen or somebody that was talking about the, the anxiety and the anxiety of today, even though he was writing like in the 60s. And, and I think this points to a selfishness that, you know, in the past, we used to have uh, anxiety. You know, people, Catholics had anxiety about going to hell. <laughs> uh, that was a thing that caused them to do things like go to mass and go to confession. It helped them, you know, and that was, you know, that was also in the old Testament. That was also one of the, one of the reasons why God gave them the law to help guide them when their, sure. when their emotions and their passions were pulling them elsewhere, the law of God was there to guide them. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but, but, it, you know, but today the, the thing that people are having anxiety problems are about are, I didn't get enough clicks on this Facebook post or I didn't mm. not enough people liked my stuff on Instagram. And so right, even right. the things that we are anxious about that we're causing real disabilities within our own lives are completely self-centered. Mm -hmm. So you, you go from not just like selfish, uh, selfish desires and planning and, and executing, whether it be, you know, something on social media like that, but even the, the, the issues that are, that are plaguing us, even mm -hmm. those are, are self-centered. Like it's, it's okay to be anxious. It's good to be anxious about eternal sure. salvation, right, uh, right, right, but, right, but to be right, anxious right. about something stupid, like an Instagram post, mm -hmm. but to say, right. um, my eternal soul, I'll get to that later. Uh, right, you know, right, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and some people, you know, and the other thing is some, some people say, well, there's not really people out there that would really reject God. Like, no, there, there are, and they do it yeah, every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. there was that, that, that is one of the things I hear from Christians so often, um, I just want to say, stop saying that. Right? Yes, yeah. I mean there was it's, there was literally yeah. there was literally a commercial on uh, pub uh, on on uh, cable television where mm. uh, uh, Ronald Reagan Jr. Jr. Uh, mm. got up and he did this uh, commercial for freedom from religion or something like that, and he literally stated at the end of the commercial, "and I'm not afraid to burn in hell." Mm -hmm. There you go. Like yeah. on cable television in front of millions of people he's telling you he's not afraid to burn in hell like so i mean like I to suggest that, that maybe he needs to reconsider them <laughs> maybe he has not fully appreciated yeah <laughs> but yeah i think you're right i mean i think people do reject god now obviously if you saw god in his essence if you're you know following you know the theology of saint thomas aquinas then you'd say yeah right of course yeah you know. yeah yeah but that's not our present life. In our present life, we do reject God all the time, yeah, um, and choose not to love Him, and don't seek Him, and don't want Him. Right? Uh, that that's why we reject Him, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, uh, for sure. Uh, and it's because of this kind of issue, right? Of pride, of selfishness. I would rather tell. I'd rather reign, right, in hell, than serve in heaven, right? And which means I'd rather. I would rather. Be in control of myself in misery, mm -hmm. right? Then serve God, right, in eternal joy. Uh, and this uh, that this is true. Lewis uh, develops in his conversation with McDonald, um, even with respect to the sins of the flesh. You could say, or he calls it, I think, the indecent yeah. sins. So sins, you know, revolve around, say, you know, maybe drunkenness or self various forms of physical self indulgence. And uh, McDonald says, you know, even there, right? He says it might be at the initial, you know, initially, there is a, um, it, it's more about the ple about the pleasure and the physical satisfaction, right? But at the end of the day, um, you know, the kind of habitual indulgence in those things, right? That we would identify with the vices, right? That that really does come down to a kind of pride, right? A demand that I be indulged, right, in these ways, right? So that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things 
that's helpful in those struggles is to recognize that there is that even when it comes to things like lust and gluttony, right? That there, that that is that's still rooted in pride, right? I mean, yeah. yes, obviously the the immediate thing is that physical satisfaction, but but there is a a sense in which uh, there's a demand that you you know that my body or the bodies of others become use for my enjoyment and indulgence, mm-hmm. right? That's pride. Right. You know, yeah. you think about, say, um, intoxication. Right. Really, literally. Right. There's a kind of poisoning of the body that's being that's that's happening there. And what you're demanding is that your ego enjoys, you know, the pleasure of that intoxication and uses the, the body. Right. To bring that about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Um, um, but anyway, so so even there, right, even in the kinds of physical things, you know, it may be greater or lesser. But there's a kind of um, pride, right, at work. Yeah, and he has that great line in there. Everyone, uh, 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 what does he say? All that are in hell, choose it. Um, I mean, very plainly, and he says, you know, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who Mm -hmm. say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, thy will be done. So, you know, and he he says very plainly, without that self-choice, there could be no hell. Um, and, 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 you know, it goes, again, goes back to that, you know, holding on to that pride all the way to the end, never, never. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, uh, so that's the way it's, it's laid out there. You know, when I think, uh, I think, um, a good way of understanding St. Augustine, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, his work in the confessions in the city of God and his, uh, other works as well, um, is he has this sort of this dialectic between what's going to, what's going to be the ultimate end. Is it myself yeah. or is it God? Right. Um, and, and one of the, like there can only be, uh, this has been, so, I've tried to get this through so many people. <laughs> there can only be one ultimate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's either, either it's you or God, right. There can't be two ultimates, right. Mm-hmm. Ultimate means, Greater than all the rest, so by <laughs> definition, right? But we're co-greater than all the rest. <laughs> That's right. We're, no, 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 co-ultimate, right? There's just one ultimate, okay? And uh, uh, and that's what you know. Lewis is pressing on here. The, of course, the amazing thing is, is, is uh, you know, as we'll talk about this, as it turns out, right? Admitting that I'm not the ultimate and submitting to God as the ultimate ends up meaning my fullest realization, my greatest joy, all those sorts of things, right? Yeah. So that actually the very kind of joy that we seek uh, is found in submitting to God, right? When yeah. we recognize that we're not the ultimate, we get probably the very thing that we kind of wanted, which is the joy, right? Um, but it requires us to submit to not being the ultimate first. Yeah, yeah, which is the great paradox of of Christianity, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. of of that idea that uh, you know uh, the gift of self will lead to the uh, possession of self, you know, the, mm-hmm. to the fullest extent, you know, and even to yeah. to more with you know God's grace and everything. Um, so uh, uh, so George McDonald, then he is this guy. He's 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 taking um, the narrator through. Uh, kind of uh, as his ghost, um, and along their way they encounter uh, several different people. That's right, uh, right? Yeah, They so overhear we, conversations and things like that. And that's right. Yeah. So, so the lesson that we learn from McDonald, right? Again, is this idea that, that the root problem here is pride and love of self, and they're going to see this played out in mm-hmm. different conversations, different scenes, right? And we'll try to cover if we can today. We'll see how how time goes. But he has a conversation with an art with the artist, the domineering wife, and a disappointed mother. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll start with our, our sort of misguided artist. Um, so we have a uh, there's a uh, uh, one of the scenes that they overhear is a conversation between an artist and I think somebody who was a colleague or or maybe a paint uh, another painter. But this particular artist was a um, was a moderately famous artist of his time yeah right um and uh was in particular uh, a painter right and um 
when we come upon him at first, he's ex he's making all these expressions of wonder, although he's kind of doing it in an inappropriate way. He keeps saying, "Oh my God!" Right, <laughs> and uh, and the, and one of the saints meets him and says, "Oh, what do say?" Uh, he says, uh, what do you mean by that? And he says, oh, I just mean, you know, by gum or something. You know, says, oh, <laughs> here, we, we mean we mean by God a noun, right? <laughs> you know, like, it's a little different up here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, the uh, he's expressing all this wonder, which at first sounds great, because, I mean, really, wonder, right, is a good place to begin when you're mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, our journey towards God, uh, towards finding God. Um, but really, he's he's his immediate reaction is what? Gosh, I wish I brought my stuff so I could paint it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Rather than just being in, enjoying the beauty of the thing itself, right? Um, uh, appreciating it for its own sort of value and grandeur and majesty. What we end up with is, oh, I, this is subject matter for my painting. Yeah. Right? Um, he gets distracted from it. I, th this kind of scene comes to mind whenever uh, I see someone at a beautiful church, beautiful cathedral, uh, a beautiful, um, you know, uh, place in the wilderness, right? Um, or in the outdoors. And, and people are, don't spend any time enjoying it, but immediately begin taking pictures of it and selfies. Yeah. Right. And like, wait, wait a second, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're trying to, and you're trying to capture a moment that you're not having. That's you know, right, like, yeah, and, and right. you know, or even, yeah, I mean, the one that, the one that made me the, 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 the most mad, is that the right word? Maddest? The worst <laughs> mad? I mean, I was, I was fuming, uh, but it was, a, it was a picture of priests can celebrating mass with Pope Francis and mm -hmm. they're in the kind of half circle behind him. And a couple of them had out their phones and were taking a picture. While they're kind of celebrating? Yeah. While they're kind of celebrating. Yeah. And I'm just Probably. like, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I, I love the, I love the, you know, um, the spirit's response there when he says, gosh, I wish I, wish I would have brought my things. He says that though, that sort of thing is no good here. It's like, <laughs> you know, like your, your, your image of something that is beautiful is no good here because you have the beautiful thing you have. Right. What you're trying to capture, you have it right here in its fullness and right. its glory. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it, you know. Not That's right, right, yeah. So it's really interesting here because what he, what Lewis points to, um, is uh, he he I think puts in italics the word telling, right? Mm -hmm. T e l l i n g, right? And that what the painter is all caught up in, and this could also go for a writer or a poet, right? Is the telling about it, right? And so yeah. the painting can be a kind of telling, right? Like you're telling about the beauty of a scene, the, you know, the, the, the grandeur of light breaking over the Rocky Mountains or, or something like that, right? You're trying to illustrate that. You're trying to tell about it, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened, what's happened to this particular artist is he's all caught up in the telling yeah. and not the object. There's actually a really interesting uh, – I, I don't go in for this very often, but there is an interesting um, – a uh, contemporary Christian artist, uh, musician uh, named Sean Carter, who has a song called The Telling. And it's sort of a self-critique about this issue, right? Yeah. And in that song, he talks about, you know, don't, you know, Lord, not, don't let me be caught up in the merely the telling, right? Because the telling is not, right? You know, um, what's most important? What's most important is the things spoken of. And you think about it, you know, those of us who are interested in art or um, literature or speaking or writing or those sorts of things, right? Those things uh, very easily can become ends of themselves, yeah. but they're not meant to be, right? Speech is not an end in itself, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speech, speech is for the sake of truth. Now, it can also be eloquent and beautiful, and that's, that's good, but that's not the point of it. <laughs> right? yeah. You can be eloquent and speaking falsely. Right. And if you're eloquently speaking falsehood and lies, right, then it doesn't your eloquence doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? yeah this yeah. is one of the things that, that we that we fall uh, we fall on. Right. Is And what, so what he's all caught up in what this artist is, caught up in, is not the beauty of the object painted. Right. Not the interest or integrity or the being or the form of that thing, rather, but his own skill in painting it. Right. And this is one of the things I think you find in a lot of modern contemporary art, especially 
uh, of some forms, like you, you think, you know, at some point Rothko became simply interested in heavy paint. <laughs> Didn't care about the thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just, just the the texture of paint. Now that's not the worst thing in the world, really. But it is kind of a. It's just one way of illustrating sort of being distracted from, right? Not the blue of the sky, right? Yeah. Not the you know the blue of uh, of something. Uh, not even just sort of, you know, sort of the 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 way the, all the colors work together, right? Which you might get in a different painting. But just sort of like check out this way I can layer paint. Right? <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, I mean that's that's cool, I guess, you know. Um, but anyway, so that the um, the point there, right, is that that we can get caught up in the telling, right, in the uh, in just the mere skill of the thing, right, uh, rather than in the the thing that we originally the whole reason we started telling was because we were interested in right um, the subject itself, right, the object itself. Right. Yeah. And and he, he gets into that with the artist. And I think we could see maybe a, a, a contemporary example of that kind of uh, temptation today where, especially with social media, there's this mm. there's this temptation to be first in the telling sure. of something, to be the one yeah. who who, you know, wh- to be the one that break the news so that, you know, we mm. receive the, the the clicks, the likes, the 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 small little accolades like that um mm-hmm. the truth be damned <laughs> i'm gonna be the first one to to tell this to to break this or mm-hmm. you know or, or or even you know i think it even many times it even lacks modesty i remember mm-hmm. reading a story about you know uh uh somebody had passed away in a family and somebody immediately put it on social media uh uh and that's how some other members of the family mm-hmm. found out uh, was, you know, so, I mean, it was this, it was this completely immodest use of language mm-hmm. where, right, you know, right. should I, am I the one to do this? Should I be mm-hmm. doing this? You know, th- mm-hmm. those questions, you know, is this, is this right? Is this justice? Is this my news? Is right. it somebody else's? Like none of those <laughs> right, things, none right. of those things matter, you know? So mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, in the, in the, in the case of the artist, I think there's even a point where, where he says, you know, he was interested in paint for itself, you know, like you were saying, <laughs> like right, you were yeah, saying, yeah. you know, he was the 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 object of depicting something as true uh-huh. as beautiful as right. good to mm-hmm. uh, uh, became secondary to my <laughs> right. own vanity. I mean, uh-huh. it just it just became right. Yeah, and so the other things, right, that that where you, the artist or the intellectual or you know whoever is working in that kind of area can get caught up in is also um, their own personalities, right? <laughs> you know, which is kind of gross. Yep. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, or their reputations, or combined with reputation, I'd say controversies, right? Their own sort of disputes, right? Yeah. You know, and so as someone who uh, I am rather disputatious, uh, <laughs> no. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I always uh, was a, with uh, at least a grain of recognize I could be wrong. Uh, or at least on some matters. And also that, you know, the point of the disputation is the truth not to be right. Yeah. Right. And that's where you can learn, lose the, the, lose, lose the focus. Right. At some point it just becomes, Oh, well, like the SCOTUS obviously can't be right. <laughs> right. And so let's fight that out. Well, if you're fighting it out or if you're on the statistic side, the point needs to be the truth. Yeah. Right. Not just that, oh, we're right and the others are wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and so this comes up, though, and he has this, uh, they call it the, uh, he calls it the neo-regionalist. But he <laughs> finds out that actually, right, from, from the saint, this uh, artist, the, the, uh, the ghost uh, artist finds out that his faction, right, lost, right, that him and all of his colleagues who were involved in this particular artistic movement lost out and that nobody cares anything about their paintings and their paintings are considered rubbish or whatever. This <laughs> note, by the way, to all those, all, all of us who are intellectual or uh, interested in creative things, uh, making great, you know, um, uh, fame, right. Is, is, is fleeting, right. Um, those kind of accolades. But of course he immediately earlier, he said, Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not I don't care about reputation or whatever, but although at the, at, he keeps kind of being disappointed when the saint says, "Oh yeah, nobody's re- nobody's really famous in heaven because everybody's kind of famous," uh, in the <laughs> sense, right, that that God is the perfect adjudicator, right, of what's truly worthy of glory and praise, right. 
But anyways, uh, we find out that actually he is worried about reputation so much so that when he learns that his faction lost, what happens? Yeah, he goes away. Yeah. He's like, I, I got to get out of yeah. here. I got to start a journal. <laughs> right. Right. We, start a, we have to write a manifesto. We have to like beat those neo-regionalists. Right? <laughs> it's like your petty squabbles, right? Compared to there's heaven right there. Yeah. The right there, of it, yeah. Right? You know? <laughs> we can walk there. Right? <laughs> you know? uh, he would rather go and try to defend his reputation and win the argument than enjoy that very object for which the argument was originally intended. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I, we, we, we must have the publicity. We must have, you know, and I, and I think that kind of self-aggrandization today uh, uh, is just, it, it fosters this, this, this inability to, uh, uh, to simply be humble before mm. anything. I mean, literally mm. anything. I mean, right. the, the the fact that you know we have to be right about this, and, and and you know I must scream it from the rooftops of absolutely everything. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just you know, uh, uh, uh the, you know the the it's just it, it's maddening and it, it's really I think damaging the human person again because it it it's fostering or it's uh kind of festering this uh, um uh just this selfish uh attitude mm-hmm. um at the expense of everything that is good that just is true that. that is beautiful uh right. yeah, yeah. It, so instead of it being about beautiful mountains right uh or beauty in itself it all becomes about my skill in telling about beauty right my reputation for telling about beauty my faction right yeah yeah uh, you notice my right, right. <laughs> being the, the the key thing there um so that's on the side of, of a certain part of society. Of certain, uh, like that's one, it's an illustration that's a very appropriate to artists, intellectuals, writers, poets, that sort of thing. The next one, the domineering wife, I think mm. is really important kind of as a balancing. Cause you might say, well, yeah, well those kinds of people, right. You know, those artists, those intellectuals, I'm not yeah, like of course they're, but you know, normal people who are in ordinary life they never worry about that stuff i think this reminds me of a scene from uh the lord of the rings when uh beowulf is talking about the ring and and i think you know uh, frodo has said well haven't the wise told us that nobody can use the ring without getting corrupted and Beowulf, uh, no did i say beowulf i meant yeah. to say boromir sorry boromir um <laughs> kind of fitting but anyways uh, sorry i meant to say boromir not beowulf my, uh, my apologies um, but that, uh, you know, Bormer says, well, yeah, for these elves and half elves and wizards, yeah, maybe those kind of people, right. <laughs> they can't handle the ring, but true hearted men of Gondor, right. Like myself, right. You know, we can hand, we can handle it. Right. Of course he immediately demonstrates in that scene that he can't handle it. Right. He doesn't even have the ring. Right. And he begins to act in corrupt ways just from his desire for it. But the, um, uh, the domineering wife, right, is a more ordinary kind of example, I think, of yeah. this. Um, well, did you have any thoughts about, uh, uh, the, you know, kind yeah. of like what was your take on, on on her situation in general? Yeah, so the story is, uh, or the conversation is, is, is Robert's wife. And you, you mm-hmm. really just have this... Um, this uh, story and and the spirits kind of drawing it, trying to, and and one of the, this is one of the things I like about uh, Lewis's writings during many of these uh, interactions is you have, you don't, you don't always have the spirit explicitly saying here's what's wrong with you, and right. here here's what you have to do to repent and believe. He tries to get them to to discover it for themselves, sure. And so he tries to like draw it out of them. And stuff, and so the spirit's kind of uh, uh, interrogating her about about her husband, and she's going on and on about, you know, I tried to get Robert to do this, and he did it for a little while, or he did this, and then I tried to get him to do this, and and she mm. goes on and on about how she just had had this control over over Robert, and she tried <laughs> to get him uh, to do all of these things, and he wouldn't right. listen, he was ungrateful, even when mm. you know. He did what she said, and he succeeded. He was completely un- ungrateful, uh, yeah. and and just did not care a bit about her, the way that she wanted to be. You know, right, again, right. 
the way that yeah, she wanted yeah. to be held up on a pedestal as as almost the cause of of who Robert mm-hmm. is and and all of That's these right. things, mm-hmm. you know. And she says, you know, I've I did my duty to the very end, you know. Mm-hmm. I forced him to take exercise. I for you know, like she talks about all these things. I even let she, him write, you know. Whatever, you know. <laughs> I let him sit where you know where he wanted to at the at the table. You know, what I mean, like just I mean, like she just controlled just everything, um, mm-hmm. uh, everything about this man's life. Um, even to the point where she's talking about hell, it's funny, uh, where she says, uh, um, you know, the problem with hell is that there's nobody there that I can control. There's nobody there for me that they, they won't let me help them, you know, like, (laughs) and by help, she means, you know, just this, yeah, this control. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, it is a, it's an interesting kind of, um, um, interaction because like you said, it's a very kind of ordinary thing that, um, many of us can get. Uh, uh, can get involved yeah. in whether it, whether it be a spouse or even our kids, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, so, I yeah. mean, even the term today, helicopter parent, you know, where the parents right, are just sure. absolutely controlling everything about their, their kid's life, whether, you know, everything is scheduled. I mean, even, you know, I mean, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, everything is just, it has to be on the schedule and I'm going to schedule it this way. And if I do all of these things, then I'm going to have this product. Right, Again, right. that's a horrible whether whether that's your whether that's how the wife looks at the husband or the the parents look at the kids. That's a horrible way to look at the human person. Yeah. The human person's not a product that you kind right. of invent and you know it's not right. a commodity. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, um, I think yeah, control right is the 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 thing in the background here, right? That's the kind of the root, right? Like I'm gonna make it this way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, um, this is the way I want it. And I'm going to, I'm going to make it this way. Right. And but what's really interesting is you think about the things that she's interested in. It's about the kinds of friends he has. Yeah. Kinds of friends they have together, the kind of job he has, His the pay. kind of clothes yeah. that she wears, the, um, the amount of pay, having the right kinds of friends, having the right kind of house, right? Does this kind of sound familiar? Like, <laughs> this could, can maybe sound like, you know, like the American way, right? Yeah. Like, this is kind of like that aspiring, affluent, you go to the right school, you get the right friends, the right job, the right house, the right wife with the right clothes, and blah, 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 blah. And you all wear the same, well, I don't want to go too far. Uh, you take the right kind of family photograph, right? Um, that that, right, that is right? What is desirable, right? Yeah. That's what's good in itself. That's what she's concerned with. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with decent clothes and homes and good friends and things like that. But like her, the, her version of good friends, right? Like you remember, she runs off all of his old friends, right? <laughs> that he liked to talk to about, you know, uh, writing and literature and things like that because they're not useful. They're right. not the right kind, right? And I think one of the things you see at work here, in addition to what you rightly pointed out about the controlling side, the domineering side, is uh, the vanity that's at work here, right? And by, I mean, a kind of worldliness, right? That I think we're just, especially in the affluent West, we're so easily fall into, right? Yeah. Which is this sense of, you know, the right kind of vacation, the right kind of house, the right kind of friends. Um, you know, that's really about getting human respect. I call it vanity, right? Because that's the way St. Thomas refers to these matters. And the right? Bible that, calls it that too. So. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> Is that what we have here is is wanting praise, right? And wanting to feel self-satisfied over things that are either not praiseworthy or barely praiseworthy. Yeah. Or on, you know, or only in a secondary way. Or we want more praise about them than they actually uh deserve, right? Uh so I mean, if you have a nice house, that's nice. Good. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> Somebody else will always have a nicer house. Yeah, so we'll have a nicer yeah. house. And, and you know what? Your nice house at some point will not be so nice, maybe. And um, and here's the thing is the niceness of the house doesn't necessarily transfer to you. <laughs> right? It doesn't mean there's anything particularly great about you that you own a nice house. <laughs> and I think we, I think they, I think they subconscious, I, I think all of us kind of subconsciously, we don't sit down and say, Okay, what is my idea of perfection? But mm-hmm. but that's what but that's how we 
act is we we do mm. have this idea of perfection it's the house it's the cars it's the kids it's the uh and, and i put kids in there because kids are treated as a commodity as mm. you know along two with point, your cars 2.5 2. not more yeah than <laughs> yeah even i mean i remember even so going to the thing that's important because you can't have designer kids yeah if you start having four or five or six, no, right? no, 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 you know, like you can't have just the stuff from Pottery Barn. You can't have just the right, you know, uh, cute kid clothes. And oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. If you start getting past two point five, no, no, you just, can't. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even even I remember even at our Catholic parish where uh, when we lived in Maryland, um, mm. uh, there was um, a, a couple of times we heard because uh, our first two kids were a boy and a girl mm -hmm. and we kept getting the, the, the blasted comment. Oh, y'all have the perfect little family. And I'm like, what is your, what is your idea of perfection? Like, <laughs> like we just said, it's a good start, but, but it's one of those things where, uh -huh. where like we all kind of have this, this idea of perfection in our head that, and this is a point in the book that doesn't match reality. Uh, and, and, and again, this is a part of, part of Lewis's whole thing is that the, 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 the damned, they don't, they don't understand the realness of heaven. Um, mm -hmm. they, it, it, they can't even interact with it, you know, even mm -hmm. like what like you talked about in the beginning, the blades of grass and all these things, um, you know, that, that, that the, the, the reality of what is perfect is not mm -hmm. the job, you know, mm -hmm. it's being virtuous in whatever work you're doing, whether you're a ditch right, digger right, or a sure. lawyer, you know, right, right, right. Uh, um, those are, those are going to be the things that lead to the perfection of, of man, you know, mm -hmm. not the house, not the kid, you know? So, so, I mean, I think it's, it, it, it's speaking very much to our culture where we have this, this mm -hmm. false idea of, of what it means to be per of, of what perfection looks like. And the idea that this kind of perfection will lead to, happiness you know and, and yeah. was it i think yeah. hilda hilda here is a uh, gives a great example of yeah and, you know, so, i mean her control has an object right her control yeah. is this is what society right has deemed worthy uh pursuit right the, yeah the, all of the times i've said you know the right house the right husband the right friends those are the ones you know that the, the magazines or you know if, if lewis was living today right you know the, the right, you know, I don't know, blogs or the right, um, you know, YouTube stations would tell you. Right? <laughs> it's, it's being defined in very worldly, materialistic, consumeristic terms, right? Mm -hmm. And she wants to control everything around her to meet that, right? Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course, one of the things about this is, does it make them happy? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Nobody, right. in the end, nobody's happy. He'll, I mean, she's... She's, she's yeah. maddening. You know, even yeah. she's, she asked at the end, give me, I want Robert back. <laughs> she's like, give, give him back to me. Uh, she's like, I'm so. Well, I'm, yeah. With enough time, uh, you know, with all this eternity, I can really make something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, poor Robert. yeah, I'm so miserable without, without that control. She's, she's, mm -hmm. she's lost mm -hmm. that control. And, and, you know, that's, that's her misery. That's her, her, um, uh, her hell, you know, and, it's and, a, and. You know, as she's working her up at the at the end of the, the the story, she's working herself up into this kind of frenzy of. I mean, she even tells the spirit, you know, I hate you, uh, uh, I hate you. Uh, let me have my Robert back. I need somebody to control. I need to have that uh, um, that exercise. Um, yeah. And it says, you know, that she that yeah. the uh, uh, that she towered up like a a flame going out of uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, um, burning out. And a sour, yeah. a sour, dry smell lingered in the air. <laughs> you know, Lewis, Lewis has a great way of just kind of, That's right. you know, uh, talking about you know the 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 mm -hmm. the, the, the effects of, of sin that it, mm -hmm. that it that it does something to the the very essence of 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 who you are. It goes down mm -hmm. to to everything, so that even you know even in your disappearance, it leaves behind this mm -hmm. this sour smell. Um, right. yeah. So, yeah. but all right, think, Doctor. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say one thing before we wrap up here. The, yeah. uh, um, I think that, um, uh, yes, uh, that that point about that neither of them are happy, right? Like you yeah. get the impression that it never would have been 
enough for her, right? It right. wasn't enough to get the better job. They got the better job, and then they bought a house they couldn't afford, <laughs> right? And, of course, it did mean he had to work harder and that she had to have nicer clothes, right? And so he had to work even more, <laughs> right, in order to pay for the house they couldn't afford that he didn't want in the first place, right? Yeah. We see how this kind of goes. Like, it just builds on itself that, like, the, the key here is none of that is actually fully satisfying, yeah. right? The world tells us it is, right? And she tries to control everything around her in order to get that satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. To get that just right kind of life, right? Uh, but it ends up in the end uh, not being satisfying. Yeah, and, and it, it goes back to that, you know, kind of basic point. The only thing that will, you know, uh, um, quench an mm -hmm. infinite thirst is an infinite drink. It's not mm -hmm. nothing, no finite uh, thing is going to fill an infinite desire. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what addiction is. You know, mm -hmm. is when we try to to satisfy this infinite desire with all these finite things, and it just right. leads to to misery and vanity and selfishness. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, uh, Doctor Smith, I you think you've given us, you know, some. I love the 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 interactions here for us to think about, um, uh, especially during this time. I mean, we, we can all take a, a step back and understand that everything we have uh, is not is not really of our own making that it's that it's a gift from God and be grateful f that we can be grateful for it. And we can look to those things that are, uh, uh, highest those mm -hmm. the, to live a virtuous life, whether that be, like I said, as a, uh, no matter what, what job you're in to, mm -hmm. to have, uh, that virtuous way of life, that's, what's going to lead to happiness. And the more that we're able to give of ourselves to, especially to those that got us placed into our care, the more satisfied uh, uh, we're going to be. And God forbid we should ever end up like Hilda. Uh, and so <laughs> I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Uh, we're going to have another, uh, uh, at least one more episode on, um, the, on, on the, great, the Great Divorce. Oh, yeah, it's so good, though. It's so good. Uh, so in the meantime, check us out at CatholicStudiesAcademy.com. Until next time, God bless.